Hi, this is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, executive coach, performance consultant, and host of the Do I Dare podcast. If you're a leader who wants to inspire, empower, and raise the leadership bar, then you have come to the right place, my friend. Here you will get access to powerful yet practical solutions that elevate your performance and dissolve roadblocks. Do you dare to lead in a way that moves the needle and scales the impact? Then let's do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Do I Dare podcast. My name is Kimberly Kleiman Lee, your host, and this is officially the last podcast of 2021. Can you believe it? It is the end of another year. And as yet another unusual year comes to a close, many of us are winding down our work and preparing for a well-deserved vacation with our loved ones. I also know some of you are still at it. You're closing deals, finalizing contracts, and wrapping the financials for your respective businesses. I hope you too can carve out some much needed rest prior to beginning again. Regardless of which side of the holiday vacation equation you're on this time of year, many companies do a combination of celebrating the closing of this year and planning for the opening of the next. I know I just gathered with my team a couple of weeks ago to do just that. We celebrated, we thanked, and we strategized for 2022. And I'm so excited about the possibilities that we brainstormed. That became the inspiration for my final podcast this year. I thought I'd take this time to share a bit about our agenda and the environment with the hopes of inspiring a similar meeting for you and your teams. These sorts of meetings are a chance for you to roll up your sleeves and really dig in to dissect the business of the previous year and to generate the possibilities for the next. If you didn't get that meeting scheduled in December, don't fear. You can certainly schedule something for mid to late January and have it be just as powerful. This week's podcast will help you generate the environment needed and the agenda critical for this pivotal type of meeting. So let's get started. First, the environment, or as I like to call it, the vibe. I think the vibe for these sorts of meetings is critical. The conditions that you create help people to engage, to commit, to work together, and to be vulnerable with one another. Now, that vulnerability part is critical if you want them to open up, to be open to changes and edits and ideas, especially about the work products that they're responsible for. To start, I recommend giving people a few weeks notice if possible. This will help them plan to be out of the office, to offload work, or to put a pause on their calendar. Send an invite that sets expectations, including a preference for folks to dress comfortably. And I'm talking jeans and yoga pants here. Also tell them what to bring or what not to bring to ensure you have their full engagement. Pick a location that's reasonable for all to get to. Find a comfortable setting with all the amenities that you need. Have food, have great space, have working technology, and lots of wall space to display your great work. Now, for those of you who've worked with me in the past, you know that my ideal setting for these sorts of meetings is, air quotes, a living room. That's right. If at all possible, skip the boardroom, bypass a conference room, Reinvent a classroom if you must. I would avoid a hotel 
type meeting room space and really find a space that's comfortable and creative. Now I've created all sorts of living rooms for groups of five to 50 to 500, all with the goal of changing the conversation, enriching the dialogue and strengthening the relationships. People really react to their environment and I take pride in creating the most poignant one for the circumstance whenever possible. I convinced a client recently to transform one of their most popular conference rooms and stage it with a contemporary living room setting. They had couches and oversized chairs, large coffee tables, plants, and shelves filled with books and unique whimsical objects. And of course, they had all the tech they needed for a productive meeting. Now, from what I understand, that room is still intact and has become one of the most popular rooms for their employees to reserve. The idea came to me many years ago when I was at GE. I was working with a few different teams who had a difficult time connecting. Whenever they got into a conference room, the conversation always seemed the same and quite frankly, seemed stifled. I thought if we could change the room or the feeling of the room, we might be able to elevate the conversation and get them past some of those roadblocks. So in the midst of facilitating one such meeting, I had an idea. At lunch, I enlisted the help of a few meeting participants and asked them to help me swap the conference room table and chairs with the furniture in the lobby just outside that door. We ended up structuring the room much like a living room. We brought in a bunch of objects from people's desks, with permission, of course, and we had the cafeteria bring up a few bowls of snacks for the main table. To complete the vibe, I launched some background music off of a portable speaker I happened to have with me. It was just enough to change the game for all. Eventually, my team at GE and I rebuilt a really cool space on the GE Crotonville campus to become what is now known as, you guessed it, the living room. One of my colleagues, Lori Moore, did a genius job decorating it and created the perfect vibe for all to enjoy. Again, it became one of the most popular meeting rooms on campus. Now, if you don't have access to a room like that, or you don't have time to convert an existing room into a living room, you can get creative in other ways. I use Airbnb quite a bit for teams of 15 or less. A large home with an open concept can be a terrific meeting space. There's usually a full kitchen, an island that can serve as your break area or your meal space. And they usually have a couple different areas throughout the home that you can use as breakouts, sometimes a den or an office or a living room or a formal living room can be nice little breakout spaces for folks to leverage. You can also call a local university to see if you can use one of their alumni spaces. Those are usually decked out to be comfortable gathering spaces from the get-go. And lastly, if you're willing to spend a few extra bucks, look for some commercial real estate that's going unused. These days, there's quite a bit on the market. You can easily bring in an interior design company to stage that setting for a week. You can engage your favorite real estate agent and they can hook you up with all sorts of resources that are fit for purpose. You might notice that I didn't mention hotel space. I just haven't found hotels to be as accommodating. Their space, tend, their space and their setup and their fee structure all tend to be quite limiting for me, at least. So if a hotel is your only option, see if you can find a boutique hotel as opposed to a large chain. 
by their very nature, they aim to be different and they might be willing to work with you and your uh, agenda. Once you have the space designated, make sure you have the resources you need for an engaging and hopefully fun gathering. Bring in unique objects that encourage creative thought. Items that are strewn about the room or the working table actually help with the creative process. Over the years, I've brought in puzzles, Play-Doh, Tinker Toys, Legos, conversation cards, objects that keep people in that creative space. Also make sure that you have writing utensils and uh, notebooks for folks to jot down their favorite ideas. I would also have plenty of scissors and tape and other sorts of things that help people combine ideas into uh, one comprehensive thought. Encourage folks to take their favorite object home once the meeting wraps to encourage creative thought when they get back to their desk. I try to avoid pitching or one-way communication as much as possible. When you gather humans together, that time is to dialogue, debate, decide, and explore. You want them to grow together through their thinking. So limit presentations or pitching to 15 minutes or less have just enough to inform and inspire the dialogue or debate that I just mentioned. I put presentations or one-way sharing types of things on the big screen, and I have people focus up front. When we're working through data or content together, I ask everyone to jump on a quick Zoom screen share. And when we're brainstorming or creating, especially when we're thinking about the upcoming year, I ask folks to actually close their technology and focus on flip charts, markers, dots, post-its, those sorts of things that help really generate ideas, creative thinking, and help us to prioritize in the end. I mentioned food earlier. Now I'm Italian, so I come by my obsession with food, honestly. Again, the goal is to have this meeting feel comfortable for all. People should feel free to get up and take breaks as needed. They should also feel free to graze and nourish themselves when hungry. Try to skip the sugary donuts and cookies and instead offer lots of protein and vegetables. Have nuts available, hummus, chips, a beautiful veggie and cheese tray. You get the idea. Also, don't forget the drinks, water, coffee, tea, soft drinks, Keep that stuff on hand as much as possible. And you can certainly switch to beer, wine, cocktails after hours if you plan on continuing into the evening. Also in the resource category, I'd recommend having a few tokens that you offer as gifts to your participants. They don't have to be expensive, just a couple things to offer at the beginning of every day, perhaps have it waiting for them on their chair with a little customized note from you. I like the novelty of it all. It keeps people engaged and it adds an element of fun and quite frankly, gratitude or appreciation. I usually offer books, uh, conversation card decks, cool mugs, maybe with a Starbucks gift card tucked inside. Tech toys are also a big hit. I mentioned a notebook, uh, perhaps a calendar for the upcoming year. I'll share with you a way that I incorporate this into my goal setting in just a second. Now, as you can tell, having a robust strategic kickoff or mid-year meeting takes some forethought and will benefit from some creative planning with a small group of folks who can help you uh, with the heavy lift. 
Now, I'm often asked, how long is the right amount of time to schedule for this sort of team meeting? Um, one that's perhaps focused on a year-end review and planning for the upcoming year. My answer is, well, it depends. I always start with the outcomes in mind. What do you want to accomplish? And if the team meeting is in general to solve some specific challenges or to reinvent a significant portion of your business, two to three days feels right. Most of the meetings I facilitate hover over the three-day mark and incorporate two nights as well. A portion of that time is usually spent doing something fun as a group and is focused on celebration. Now, I'm not a fan of having a social every single night that you get a group together, but if you limit it to two days and one night or three days and two nights, that seems to be a reasonable amount of time uh, to request people's evenings as well as their days. Now for the main event, the agenda. I always open with a welcome and an intention statement. It usually involves our desired outcomes. I try to socialize the meeting's intentions up front so that outcomes are clear to everybody. But if you can't get to that, make sure that you ask one final time if there are any additional outcomes desired by the group, note those and hang those up somewhere within the room for all to see and reference throughout the meeting. I then ensure that we have someone capturing actions and another person taking notes and documenting decisions. Pretty critical, pre, a pretty critical step for this type of meeting. We have a template that we use, and for those of you who need some additional inspiration and structure, you're always welcome to go to KimberlyKlimanLee.com forward slash meetings to download that template. Again, that's KimberlyKlimanLee.com forward slash meetings to download the template. The meeting then officially opens with a review and a grading of this past year's goals. In essence, I pull up the goals we made 12 months ago and I ask the group to rate them, red, yellow, or green. Green means we accomplished them fully. Yellow means they're either in progress or not fully realized. And red means we made no progress on that goal. Now, this is one of my favorite end-of-year ceremonies. I look back on what I wrote in pen in January, and I evaluate myself against my accomplishments. Now, because we built those goals as a team, we actually assess those goals together as a team. Now, these days, goals and objectives change quite regularly, but I create eight to 10 goals that are truly core to what I do or who I want to become. I'll edit the goals slightly throughout the year, but rarely will they change. As I've mentioned in a previous podcast, I use Michael Hyatt's full focus planner to track my goals, keep my focus, and manage my time. After this segment of our meeting, where we review last year's goals and rate them, I hand out one of the full focus planners to each of my team members to be used by them starting in January. Page one of those planners always starts with goals, a process that we're going to go through a little later and on in that agenda. So I'll talk about that again in just a second. Now, of course, my team is welcome to use whatever tracker makes sense for them. We just happen to agree on that one. The key is to have some place to document goals and revisit them regularly. After we review our goals from 12 months ago, the second item on our agenda are the financials. Bottom line, how did we do? Did we make money? From whom? For what? Were we at risk? How did we spend our cash? Did we reinvest where needed? How might we want to invest 
in our business next year. Now, of course, if you work for a large, especially publicly traded or heavily invested company, you have all sorts of financial metrics that track your progress. My challenge to you is to not let the heaviness of your balance sheet and the complications of all of the um, regulations and, and financial jargon stop you from asking those same simple questions. And of course, ensure that your employees and their employees understand and can ask and answer those questions as well. Understanding how your company makes money, where they spend their money, and their personal responsibility to ensuring that both happen with the right ratio is a responsibility for every employee in your business, in my opinion. The third item on our agenda is professional development. Now that might surprise you but I encourage you to put the same topic near the top of your agenda. If you truly want to impact your finances, you need to invest in your team. You need to invest in what they know and how they work. That's why I talk about professional development right after finances. I think the two are undeniably linked. And for most of you listening, one professional development opportunity could be helping your employees interpret your balance sheet. And of course, help them to be able to speak to your business's financial health. Now, I handle the topic of professional development a number of different ways. First, I ask each one of my team members to pick one skill or behavior they'd like to improve upon or develop during the next year. I do like the topic to be rather core to their work at the company, of course, um, but I do leave that freedom, if you will, up to them. We then talk about that assignment in a future one-on-one. I then introduce a book or two that I want the team to read and that we will methodically go through throughout the upcoming year. This year, I introduced the book Traction to my team. It's a book I used to think through my business when I was first starting out and uh, would want my team to have exposure to the same content. It helps us to all talk the same language. I also introduced an online course that I thought would benefit um, all of us and will support one of our moonshot ideas for 2022. Personal development is an expectation for those who work for me. Now, I wasn't always great at prioritizing that for myself and others. Maybe it's just because I am in a field where we are constantly learning, but I have really become quite obsessed with the ritual over the last several years or so. So that then becomes the morning of day one. Again, open with a welcome and expectations, making sure that everybody has the same desired outcomes in mind, a review of the goals and objectives we set out for 12 months prior, a review of the financials and how we did, deep diving into the health of the business, and lastly, a focus on personal development for each team member and for us as a group. Now, we are building a portfolio company filled with various products and services that complement one another and are stronger as a set. Thus, we ensure that we take time to collectively understand the vision, the efforts, the business strategy, the hurdles, and the future of that work. During these deep dives, the team's job is to make those efforts better. We brainstorm ways to ease the projects who lead that workload. We try to make the product or service better with changes or thoughts. We try to learn from best practices in the industry, Googling live to see who does it better or who we can learn from. 
And we certainly make sure that we take action on how we want to handle those sorts of recommendations or changes in the future. We are also weighing the effort and the viability of those products for the upcoming year as prep for our moonshot agenda item segment, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. Reviewing our typical projects, products, and services is a critical component of getting set on how we did last year and where we want to move going forward. I think the two most significant items on your agenda are the moonshots and mud pies. Let me explain. I'm a fan of entering the new year with a mindset to improve and expand. Annually, I commit to improve two parts of my business and to expand three parts two to three. A healthy business requires attention to both. The big lofty goals or expansion ideas are called moonshots. The necessary business improvements are called mud pies. A moonshot was originally used to describe a space shuttle's journey to the moon. These days, it's been repurposed, kind of corporate speak, if you will, to describe a monumental effort or a lofty goal it is somewhat of a giant leap, or at least it should feel like that. The concept of a mud pie was made popular by children at play who would just simply add water to dirt and form it into the shape of a pie or other such, such objects. Now you can play with it, pound on it, reshape it, add to it, but at the end of the day, you're still playing with mud. It's messy and not sustainable in its current form. One slight storm would wash the whole thing away, thus a mud pie. So do you have any processes or systems that have become fragile, like a mud pie? If your answer is yes, you indeed are playing with and might need to address your mud pie. So why do I focus on both? Well, I found that sometimes we can get so obsessed with a bigger number, a sexier product, a dreamier customer or a new market that we forget the care and feeding of our core business. I saw it all the time when I worked for larger companies. We need to do both and there needs to be a system or structure to ensure that both make the annual agenda. It's easy and quite frankly, more exciting to run towards shiny new objects. Now, some might say that business improvements should be a natural constant occurrence. I'd agree, except it isn't being done as methodically as we think. My team and I spend two hours exploring our moonshots. We begin with a facilitated brainstorm where no idea is too outlandish. Every idea makes the board. This could be new clients we want to serve, technology we want to leverage, people we want to hire, products we want to create, podcast guests to book, just to name a few. We then narrow that list to a vital few. We currently have seven moonshots, which will be narrowed to three or five come January. Now, I just talked about the expansion component of that equation. The moonshots, the mud pies, as I mentioned before, or improvements don't need to be massive. They just need to be necessary in order to help us scale or just simply to keep our business healthy. This year, my team brainstormed improvements like subscribing to a CRM tool, changing our podcast production standardization of specific processes or sunsetting a particular service, updating our contract terms, and outsourcing a segment of work to a talented third party. That long list too will be narrowed to a vital few in January. 
So as you've probably gathered, our team retreat generated a slew of ideas that then need to be vetted for viability. We will spend the next month evaluating and assessing each idea. And once we have enough data on what it costs from a time, talent, or treasure perspective, we'll be able to make an informed decision on the direction we want to go. That will happen in January, and those will become our final goals. The rest of our agenda involved topics critical for our success in 2022. On day two, we discussed our talent. For example, one of my team members really wants to work on more client-facing projects versus the back office operations. So we discussed how to make that happen and agreed to bring on another team member to take on the workload she would be leaving behind. We also spoke at length about two additional roles we hope to hire for in 2022. Business development was another significant agenda item where we discussed current client opportunities, new client prospects, and service offering expansions. We wrapped our two-day meeting prioritizing the work and related actions generated from our team meeting. That's a step a lot of folks don't pay enough attention to. I recommend leaving a good 30 to 45 minutes at the end of a big session like this to review all actions. You need to ensure that every action is understood, has a projected deadline, and of course has an owner. These actions should be reviewed at every following team meeting to ensure that they get the attention they deserve. At the end of this year's meeting, I really wanted to acknowledge my team who have done a tremendous job over the last 12 months. Although we celebrate as a team, I'd be remiss if I didn't acknowledge them on this public platform. So a huge shout out goes to Jen, Ashley, Bob, and Bryn for their hard work and dedication. I am so honored at their willingness to share their talent so freely with me and our clients. I'm also a huge fan of the gig economy and the folks who share their talents with us on a project by project basis. This shout out is for Shri, Tammy, Kim, Marilyn, Adora, Ryan, Aaron, Trisha, and the crew at Soulfire Productions. You made us better this year and we so value your partnership. In summary, have you taken a moment to reflect on 21 and a few more moments to plan for 2022? Do you have plans to do that with your peers and your direct team? It's not too late to spend the much needed time. Carve out two to three days in the next four weeks. Select an environment that supports comfort, dialogue, and relationships. Design an agenda that helps the participants dive into the financial data, renew their commitment to their own personal development, brainstorm moonshots, and identify mud pies. Ensure that you reflect on the current roles and responsibilities that, and make space for those who want to evolve and grow while identifying additional talent to bring onto your team during the next year. Review known client commitments coming up and explore business development opportunities as well. End by prioritizing the goals and actions generated over your two to three days together. Book time a few weeks later to solidify those priorities for 2022. And with that, my friends, I'd like to say one final thank you to you, our loyal listeners, who have responded and shared our content. With almost one year into this podcast universe, I hope you have learned as much as I have during our journey together. Have a blessed holiday with you and yours. Stay safe. And I look forward to being with you throughout 2022. Bye for now.
Thanks again for listening to the Do I Dare podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Hey, and we'd love to hear from you. DM us on Instagram or LinkedIn. Share a topic of interest or a struggle that's top of mind for you. We'll give you a shout out on a future podcast. And for more information about Do I Dare and all things leadership, visit KimberlyKlimanLee.com, sign up for our weekly newsletter, and stay tuned for exclusive content access to the tools and resources you need to lead.